Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Andrea Gazzetta! Yay! Yay! And we have got a great episode for you. It is a um, a wild ride. You got a little bit of history, you got a little bit of drama, and you got a lot of bit of uh, some real dark stuff happening. Um, I had a blast, and I think that you guys will definitely enjoy it, and uh, how weird it gets. But um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but before that, we have some news and reviews. <laughs> the news is our own Paige Wesley is the co-host of a new podcast called Romancing the Pod. It's so good. Yes, it is quickly becoming one of our household's favorite podcasts. Um, <laughs> it's weird to listen to a podcast and be like, these guys are awesome. Be like, wait, they're my friends. <laughs> it, I, when I woke up this morning, Andrea was listening to your podcast and I was like, is she on a fucking phone call with Paige before we record? <laughs> We're about podcast? to talk. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's an amazing show. You should definitely check it out. It comes out on Thursdays with Mikey and Todd from the Horde Virgin podcast. Um, and it is a splendid, wonderful time. And I think it's something that everyone needs to listen to right now uh, because it's just a good old-fashioned fun time. You know, it's yeah. just nice. It There's feels no fun. There's no murder for the most part. There's no, like, it's hilarious. We make fun of, or we, they make fun of all of the tropes of romantic comedies. And Andre- Andrea's so like, oh, I'm part of the podcast. I'm they're like my here. friends. It's like they're my friends in real life. It is. It is fun. It's one of. It's the show where I don't have to deal with any death. It's just fun and making fun of people, and it's really, really fun. It's I like fun. it. It's really nice. Um, yeah, and uh, we also have another five-star review. <laughs> this one comes to us from The Bear Smiles, and they say, "Love it. My wife and I chortle like preteens at every joke. It's a great podcast with three big goofballs hosting." I'm super glad to have stumbled across it. Nice work, y'all. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you so much. That's yeah. so nice. I didn't know preteens even knew the word chortle yet. Yeah. I assume. <laughs> oh, and I think without any further ado, let's get into the show. Hello. We should have done this in rounds like, hello, 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 your vote. <laughs> <laughs> Gently can... down the podcast. Wait. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Squeaky Clean Torres. <laughs> and with us we have Andrea Dirty Socks Gazetta. Yay! I'm going to be Paige Swampass Wesley because it's supposed <laughs> to be 107 degrees at my house today. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Paige. Paige, while well, I found your joke humorous, I can no longer curse to the degree at which I had previously. That is why I am going by Armando Squeaky Clean Torres. Oh, yeah. This is oh, a church episode. 
<laughs> Good luck. Uh, how long is that going to last? Like two minutes? Or? I don't fucking know, man. This is but for the Bible <laughs> camp crowd? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I got a complaint that I curse too much, so I'm trying to be better, live a better life, and trying to... Uh, my my favorite was first of all they fucking ignored ignored my sailor mouth which how dare you but secondly they in their review were like I cuss but damn and I'm like throw stones at your own glass house like yeah. what's wrong with you <laughs> pretty pretty stupid but yeah we received a negative review from someone who said that they were going to stop listening to the podcast because of how much Armando cursed in the last episode even though Paige and I both cursed more than him. I feel like this is just more reason for us to continue cursing because they're not going to hear it. So yeah. I agree. I also did. I want to say I did watch the um, the S.H.I.T. episode of South Park recently. So now I'm afraid of cursing because in that episode, if you say S.H.I.T. enough, the end of the world will will happen. And doesn't Bono show up? Like, I'd rather, av- I'd avoid Bono personally. That's a, that's a different SHIT episode. Oh, well, <laughs> they've got I, a you lot can of understand them. how I could be confused. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, it's not cursing is going to be uh, pretty difficult in this episode. <laughs> because... I don't know why you picked today to try it. The one where we have, like, the cover of Pornhub as a government. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Okay. Don't tell yeah. me. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, you might have heard a little bit about it because over the last year or so, one of Brazil's biggest and most shocking political scandals started to reveal itself. Although, it didn't involve any of the usual players. Instead, this story of sex, drugs, and gospel music involves a pop star, a preacher, and a high-ranking government official. But here's the kicker. She's one person. Here's the thing. I know it's not Shakira because her hips do not lie. <laughs> also, she's from Colombia. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, she's half Colombian. I do. I, I will say, though, that America has passed a law that says that you can either swear on a Bible or Shakira's hips. And that mm. will uphold itself in a court of law. That explains the last halftime show. Does anyone else feel that sometimes when Shakira just like walks onto stage that she walks kind of like a mermaid who just got her feet? Is that just me? No. Okay. She does this like slow, like, like heel toe walk where she puts her feet directly in front of the other. Andrea watches hours of footage (laughs) of Shakira walking, by the way. Literally (laughs) footage. Why is she swinging her hips left to side? Like to, I don't, I can't. Is talk that today. part of the hip machinations? I, like I, I don't understand so. it. Okay, I think okay. it's it's like a slinky cat walk, or it's like a wolf walk because she had that she wolf song, and wolves <laughs> kind of walk like that. I I memorized that song in Spanish because I like the lyrics more. <laughs> Today, you might think that we're covering Shakira, but we're not. <laughs> we're covering Flor de Lis dos Santos de Souza. So before we get into it, we have uh, quite a number of sources. Uh, we have an article from The Guardian written by Tom Phillips. We have an article on crime in Brazil from The Guardian written by Jonathan Watts. 
Uh, and then we have sections of the book The Go-Betweens and the Colonialization of Brazil by Alida C. Metcalf. We have the official biography of Flor Jelly from her record label's website, <laughs> which is fucking insane. I had to Google it. I had to put it into Google Translate paragraph by paragraph to understand exactly how insane it was. Um, we also have the movie written about Flor Jalice's life. Uh, and of course, we have the infamous Tumblr post by user Cringe Control. So, are you guys ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Sick. I'm so ready. So, Brazil has long been famous for its almost cartoonishly high crime rate. Uh, according to their <laughs> own government, Robbery is so common in the country's low-income slums that you should avoid high-risk activities like shopping at the mall or getting stuck in traffic. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem, honestly, is that uh, they have so many anvil factories next to Roadrunner nurseries. Ah, <laughs> See, is... I was just picturing, like, <laughs> I was picturing Dawn of the Dead. Where it's like, it's not safe to go to the shopping mall. (laughs) (laughs) Wandering through. It is my favorite thing that they were like, oh, yeah, you probably shouldn't do stupid shit. Like, get stuck in traffic because you might be robbed. (laughs) Hey, hey, Los Angeles, do you think your fucking commute sucks? Try every time you get stopped at a stoplight. Somebody's like, give me your fucking phone now. Go legitimately. When I first started driving, my mother told me that at night, I should A, always lock my doors, but B, not to completely stop at stop signs in bad neighborhoods because someone could pull a gun and rob me. And I was like, how do I tell? How do I tell where I stop and where I don't? Well, if you stop at a stop sign, then you're probably fine. But if you stop at a stop sign in Brazil, then you probably fucking just gun it. Just keep going. And according to this chain letter, if you have a note on the back of your car, it's because they're going to jump out and get you. So just (laughs) drive away. The only way to be safe is to share this to 10 friends. <laughs> this this line of thinking is what caused me to almost kill a woman in Highland Park oh like five God. years ago. <laughs> what? Because... No, she had okay, a note so... on the back of her car and I pulled out my gun. And... <laughs> what? What? Um, no. So I was driving late at night and uh, it was back when I still lived in Hollywood. So I didn't know my way around this part of town yet. Mm-hmm. And I accidentally got off the freeway one exit early and it was late. And so I'm driving and I'm like, I must be right near the freeway. I should easily be able to find my way back. And I stopped at a stoplight, but I was going to make a right turn. And I saw a woman on the side, like on the corner, and I thought she was going to cross the street. So I didn't continue to make the turn. And instead of crossing the street, she came up to my window and slapped the window, but just like kept pawing at it like she was trying to get into the car oh and no I, yes and i just freaked out and like floored it around into the turn and almost ran her over <laughs> and <laughs> and then like screamed in my car on the like i did miraculously that right turn did get on the freeway uh but like <laughs> i screamed on the freeway all the way home yeah it was terrifying Here's and what- that woman had been dead for 40 <laughs> years <laughs> Here's what I they- felt bad. <laughs> she was probably just homeless. <laughs> like I, I feel 
terrible now looking back where oh, I was yeah. like, I was so scared and she probably just needed help. It's, but I just like, Ugh! It's such a weird common occurrence. Uh, one time I was in Hollywood and I was stopped at a stoplight and there was a, there was a homeless man and he um, was going around onto the passenger side doors of cars and trying to like open them. And Ooh. he went at two cars ahead of me. There was a Mercedes and he tried it. And then he tried the back door and people, you know, people were like honking and getting angry. And then he went to the next car, which was directly in front of me. And it was the BMW and he tried it. And then he came to my car and he skipped me. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? You don't think I have nothing good in this car? <laughs> First of all, go fuck yourself. Second of all, try to break into my car, damn it. I need to feel validated. This this is my nightmare is to ha- have not locked the door. Oh, and yeah. it happened to me once oh. where I was in a parking lot. I'd come out of a Rite Aid. I was trying to take Benadryl in the car. It's a long story. Not important. <laughs> Dude, fucking getting turned. No, I had like an allergic reaction to something and just like into the into the parking lot at Rite Aid, grabbed the Benadryl, came right out, was immediately going to take it in the car. Oh, and then yeah. you became that scene from Hitch. Yeah, I didn't think, <laughs> that's I didn't, what was happening. My eyes were swelling shut. I didn't think you wanted to fucking like, hell yeah, dude, let's get drowsy in this Rite Aid parking lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to get sleepy. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm like furiously trying to open this Benadryl box with my eyes swelling shut, fully not paying attention to anything else in the car because I'm like it's an emergency, and I hear my passenger door open, and I just screamed because I was like what because I'm not fully aware, and and it was a woman who was like can you let me inside like the car she's like can I come inside your car I was like. No, I don't know you. And I had to scream at her and she wouldn't leave until I started swinging, but I couldn't see really. (laughs) And so apparently me swinging at her was enough to get her to like leave me alone and close the door. And then I immediately locked them. But I I was that is one of the most scared times I've I've not been that scared since really probably. Middle of the day, downtown Milwaukee, pre-Uber. A man just got into my car, an old, very old man. Like, he looked like he was going to, like, he had trouble walking, but I was stopped at a stoplight, and he goes, I need a ride to the hospital. And I just (laughs) drove him to the hospital because I was like, you might die in my car. I don't want that responsibility. And that man, John C. Uber. I have had people try to get into my, not so much of the car I'm driving now, but with my last car, it was a, just a gray hatchback. Yeah. And people used to trying to get into my car thinking it was, it was an Uber all the time. Yeah. And I could always tell because they have their cell phone in hand and they look confused and then they apologize and walk away. That's yeah. fine. Uh, but it always would just like, like yeah. shock me for a second. <laughs> Yeah. I'm afraid that people think that we're trying to make like a joke out of this situation of people trying to get in your car in Los Angeles. It is super common. If, yeah, you, have a, if you have a nice car, happen. no one ever wants to get in my car. And what I mean, <laughs> like no one, no one mistakes me for an Uber. No homeless people try to break into my car. And sometimes I have people that I need to drive places and they see my car and they're like, I don't know, man. I don't know if I well, want to get into that. Now your car <laughs> doesn't drive. drive. So also I will not get into your car. Oh, yeah. yeah, the car is just parked outside of my house and is our garage now. We There's just a store spider stuff web in. from the tailpipe because he has not driven it in so many months that it just... <laughs> hey, you call it lazy. I call it better for the environment. He's right. Accurate. 
yes, all of this is to say that if you are in Brazil, you should do uh, you should avoid high risk activities like shopping at the mall or getting stuck in traffic. Um, additionally, if anyone does try to mug you, the government recommends that you give in immediately because Brazil also holds the record for the most murders per year. Jeez. And that is most murders, not by like averages or statistics, most murders, period. In 2017 alone, there were 64,357 killings. Oh my God. That is an average of 176 murders per day, every day oh for God. a year. In the country Holy of shit. Brazil? In the country of okay. Brazil. For reference, we have 127 million more people, and they still beat us four times over. Oh, my God. Wait, Jeez. but does that count all the people that police kill that are unexplained deaths in America? Uh, I don't think it includes accidental deaths, which is what those are. Yeah. Because I would consider was, a lot of those murders as well. I would also consider those murders. But still, you're probably right. I think that, that Paige, is, Paige is right in that, like, the, the thing that I was pulling from called them um, intentional death. intentional murders. Uh, in, or no, what was there it? There is another. Non-accidental huh? murders is what they said. <laughs> it, it was the phrasing oh. that they used, which I was like, that's such a, the only people who commit accidental murders are all of Canada because they kill you and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't... <laughs> or Tweety oh, Bird I with a gun. and stepped on the gas. <laughs> I did. I did shoot a putty cat. I like to think that accidental murders are the ones that are like, those are the murders that Coen Brothers movies are about. <laughs> like one time I was at the cash register just eavesdropping on customers because why not? And one of them was like, yeah, did you hear he shot his foot off? And I was like, what? Like, I'm definitely listening now. She's like, yeah, he had the loaded gun propped up against the wall and then he was vacuuming and the cord pulled the gun over. It went off and shot off his foot. <laughs> And then, I don't know if you know how hard it is to not laugh into people's faces across a cash register, but I I should win an Oscar for that that day. Oh, my God. But that's what I picture as accidental deaths. Oh, that's so great. Man, that's the only thing I miss about standing closer to people what? in right? lines. Is what? eavesdropping? It's just eavesdropping. Or, like, sitting at restaurants and just hearing shit that people are like, this is normal. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> What kind of a person has has the 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 lack of forethought to put a loaded gun just against the wall, but the amount of forethought to be like, I got a vacuum today. I really right? gotta clean. What right? is that intersection of humans? What, what is his life now? I think he had Venn been diagram. Do you fit into? <laughs> I think he had just finished cleaning the gun, but I was like, "Did you clean it and then load it again?" <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? When you have the vacuum on, it's loud. You're, you're at your most vulnerable. If someone busts in, you gotta be ready. <laughs> I gotta go drive Uber in Brazil real quick. <laughs> oh my god! But crime, crime is not just a problem in the low-income areas. In fact, in March of 2014. Federal agents started investigating a local car wash that was suspected to be a front for money laundering. Instead, they accidentally uncovered a massive underground conspiracy of fraud and, bi and bribery that involved a ton of Brazil's top government figures. According to The Guardian, Operation Car Wash is one of the biggest corruption scandals of modern time. So what you're telling me is that they had to investigate in real life, the last season of Breaking Bad? Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> they were like, I don't know if you know, but people could make a million plus dollars a month making meth, and then they have to put that money somewhere. So, so car wash, like, you know. That is a, pretty much entirely what the entire thing was about. Also, I will say, Operation Car Wash sounds like the worst James Bond movie ever. <laughs> Operation <laughs> Car Wash, yeah. <laughs> I prefer it shaken, not sprayed at me through a hose. (laughs) All his cars are convertibles. It'd be a horrible plan. (laughs) And despite sounding like a literal representation of Gotham City from fucking Batman, (laughs) Brazil, unfortunately, doesn't really have very many dependable crime fighters. The police, who are severely outnumbered and sorely underpaid, are so famously bad at their jobs that the Brazilians have a colloquial nickname for getting arrested. Translating into English, they call it ending with pizza. Because there's no legal problem that can't be solved over a nice dinner of pizza and beer. I mean, this sounds agree. Italian as fuck. How many people do you think would still be alive if you could just be like, hey, officer, why don't I buy you a pizza and we talk about it? <laughs> this also, it kind of explains why Bra- Brazil's biggest crime syndicate is run by a man named Charles E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and his arch enemy, the Dominos family. <laughs> Yeah, Don't I even mean, get me started on the Quiznos territory. You fool, I'm allergic to olives. <laughs> this phrase was one of my favorite things because like I at first I was like, is there is there why pizza? Specifically, why pizza? And uh the phrase itself is in Portuguese, obviously, because they speak Portuguese. So it's a bunch of words in Portuguese and then just the English word for pizza. And I tried like <laughs> translating it. And it's like when you do, the translation thing is like Portuguese, Portuguese, a pizza. And that's it. That's it. They, I don't know why. They're they like, I don't pizza. know if you know, but pizza is universal. Yeah. So. There are a lot of words, and you'll see this the more that you study language, where like when one culture meets another, there isn't a word for the thing because that thing doesn't exist. No, I understand that fully. Okay. I want to know why they chose pizza as the food that they were like, yeah, that's how you get out of jail for free. I mean. If you want to think- pay back people for helping you move and get out of a murder, pizza. They solve all problems. <laughs> well, I think it's just out of reverence for their biggest mob boss, ironically named Little Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I heard he was sliced in the back 76 times or whatever. Fuck. I, I can't remember history. Uh, 32. Damn. And Aww. that's all right. Um, corruption, corruption. Uh <laughs> So from drug cartels to kidnapping rings to full-blown supervillain levels of corruption, it's safe to say that Brazil has its issues. And you know what? I'm going to say this. Those in glass homes shouldn't throw stones. We also live in a dangerous murder prison where our politicians are monsters and the police can't be trusted. And again, you know who else had a fucking car wash to launder their money from their huge criminal empire? Walter White. So America, Brazil, not that different. I, I mean, there's a great documentary out about how dangerous of a police state Los Angeles is. I think everyone should watch it. It's called Escape from Los Angeles. And <laughs> Snake Plissken, he gets to the bottom of it. <laughs> this is the, okay. Andrea doesn't know what's happening. It's not a documentary. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is. I was like, I got to look into this. This sounds serious. Oh, oh no. Now I will. <laughs> 
wish I hadn't told her because afterwards I totally could have convinced her to watch it. Legit, I was like, I better take a note because I want to be informed about my community. (laughs) Do you know how many times I do this to Andre? The other day I was like, oh, we're gonna watch this bio, (laughs) we're gonna watch this biographic movie called Dewey Cox. <laughs> walk just, hard, the yeah. Dewey Cox story. I just showed her walk hard and was like, "This is a real story." <laughs> I mean, real it talk, took me though. five minutes yeah. into the film to realize it was not. Oh, but yeah. f- the way he played it up, I was just like, "Oh, I didn't know it was about a real person." Is this like from Elvis's time? The issue of crime in Brazil is a very complex one. And before we start our story, I think it's important to add a little bit of context. Brazil, like most countries was a piece of land originally inhabited by indigenous people that one day had to deal with some real shit-ass European house guests. (laughs) Welcome to the history zone. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty much every time something gets quote-unquote discovered it's just white Europeans showing up somewhere and being like, I haven't been here before. Guess it's mine now. Which is, I don't know, I, I'm sure that I'm not the first person to think this up, but now I just kind of want to go to Europe and be like, well, never been here before. I claim this for us now. <laughs> Hi. Hey, thanks for letting us stay. Uh, we can pay you in infected blankets. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. This was such a, a common thing back in the day, I mean, obviously, that the Portuguese had their own group of people who were literally, if you translate the word, it literally translates to flag carriers, because they would basically just get on boats with a ton of fucking flags from Portugal, and they would just show up on lands, run over to the biggest hill, and stick a flag in it, and be like, we were here first. It was us. It was, we did it. Mine now. Mine. Anyway. <laughs> But unlike some other places, a.k.a. America, Brazil wasn't intended to be taken over by settlers. Their colonizers had only one mission. You could say that, you could say that they only had one Portugal. <laughs> I have to. God damn it. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the hesitation in my voice when I was reading that sentence. <laughs> Well, I you were right to that, judge yourself. I believe that they're a soccer country, so I believe it would be Portugal. <laughs> That's actually, I don't know if you know this, the uh, the way that they pick presidents in Portugal is who can hold that note the longest. <laughs> it's Shakira. Wait. 14 people passed out last year. <laughs> well, that explains how this person got elected, actually. <laughs> So the Portuguese wanted to profit off of the land's natural resources. That was purely and simply their their original plan. Because back in the day, Europe was going crazy over a tree named Brazil wood. Um, Brazil wood is just like a normal wood, only there's no bush around the the base of it. So what you're saying is it... (laughs) (laughs) And it's made of rubber for some reason? I was going to say, so you're saying that wood is ready to star in its first porno yeah or... yeah okay yeah exactly. so and you mean no bush no landing strip nope. no hitler Mm-mm. stash well they no. didn't have plain yeah it, it, it's tree is is most notable for having a completely shaven and bleached butthole um <laughs> no <laughs> in actuality clean i thought you weren't gonna swear armando uh, yeah. squeaky clean taurus <laughs> squeaky clean 
That's not a swear word. Shaven bleached butthole is not a swear. I, I, <laughs> I guess you're you. right. I think Kanye put it in a song, didn't he? No, he said if, uh, if she just bleached her asshole and I get bleach on my t-shirt, then I'm going to feel like an asshole. Why would someone's asshole be on your t-shirt? Because you're having sex with them, but you don't want to take With your... a shirt on? <laughs> yeah, Kanye's self-conscious about his body. Also, I, I don't know what that move is. That it's like ass to shirt is what is enjoyable. You but hit it from the back. Oh, but sure, your okay. shirt, though? Like, I don't. The, the geometry of this is not making sense to <laughs> you me. You have very clearly never been a little fat boy at a pool and been like, aha, I'll know what'll make them think I'm not big and chubby. I'll keep my shirt on so when I get in the water, it sticks to my boobs. I, I, I get that. I don't understand how you would be having sex with someone. To the point where their asshole would be flat up against your shirt. Yeah, you'd have to, like, spread the cheeks for this purpose. And be, like, up underneath, but then also spreading? I, I doubt the verisimilitude of Kanye's assertions. No, yeah, there's also the fact that, like, how recently did she bleach her asshole? <laughs> where, like, it's still wet. Yeah, was wet. she just, like, pipe cleanering it before they started having sex? And she was just like... You might want to wear a shield or a splash guard. <laughs> yeah. You and the buffet at Sizzler both need a splash guard. <laughs> That's a sneeze guard. Sizzler knew what was up before COVID. <laughs> anyway, Armando Squeaky Clean Torres here. Um, so this thick, dense, and oddly veiny logs produced by Brazil wood were used to create bows for stringed instruments and a really beautiful red dye. But it was also hella expensive because the only place that you could find it was in Asia. But in the 1500s, when Portuguese navigators discovered, quote-unquote, discovered modern-day Rio de Janeiro, they saw that the entire coastline was covered in Brazil wood. So they basically showed up, saw this tree that they were like, hey, wait a second, doesn't that only grow in Asia? This place is way closer to us. Fuck, we're going to be millionaires. Yeah, it's like when they open a food for less on the at the corner, around the corner from your house, and you're like, why have I been shopping at Bristol Farm? Exactly. It's so much better. Whoever, whoever wrote the phrase, money doesn't grow on trees, they never met these guys, because they were like, holy fuck, we're going to be rich. And they super were. They definitely were. Uh, because soon the rest of Europe was so jealous of Portugal's new wooden bulge that they decided to go get some Brazil wood for themselves. But when these other nations made their way to the land, Portugal refused to share the Brazil wood because they claimed that it was their land. Therefore, it would be wrong for another country to come and use up their resources. So Portugal officially decided to colonize the land. And since Brazil wood was what made the place so enticing, they chose to call their new colony Brazil. It is literally named after the first resources that Europeans stole from them. But that resource wouldn't be the last. While Portugal was tearing down whole forests of Brazil wood, they discovered that the ground was also filled with gold and diamonds. And after they mined the land dry, they decided that it was the perfect place to start farming sugarcane. You know, the worst and shittiest type of farming that you can do to a land. 
However, over the years, more and more Portuguese people started settling in the colony and their borders slowly expanded inland. In 1822, Brazil gained its independence by convincing the Prince of Portugal to go to bat for them against his own father. And he did that, and so they made him their first king. And that was King Dom Pedro I. And this guy was a pretty fucking awesome. He helped to set up a government based around the freedom of speech and a strong unified government. And he even gave his political enemies spots in Brazil's form of parliament to give a voice to everyone. Basically, he was like, if you don't like me, there's probably something I'm doing wrong. So I want you to be able to voice your opinions so that that way I can get a well-rounded view of what all of Brazil wants. That's cool nice. for the time and unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. But nothing good lasts forever. He was forced to return home to Portugal when his dad died and he became the new king of Portugal. But his awesomeness kind of transcends even that because his plan was to decline the position and to appoint his daughter as the queen of Portugal because she possessed all of the qualities that he admired in a leader and he decided that she would be a much better leader than he could ever be. So he left his son, Dom Pedro II, in charge of Brazil. And Pedro Jr. had a very interesting life, if not one more interesting than his father. But for the sake of brevity, I'm going to sum it up real quick. His dad left and he became the king of Brazil when he was five years old. But instead of, some, instead of pulling some wild-ass King Joffrey shit, he spent his entire childhood and adolescence studying the, the, the works, texts, and policies of great leaders from history. And when he became a man, he led his country and took it from a weak and crumbling new kingdom and turned it into a strong nation with a promising economic growth, a focus on civil liberties, and a very zealously protected right to freedom of speech. Needless to say, he was almost universally loved. The problem was, remember uh, remember how his dad basically gave a voice to a bunch of those other people who uh, disagreed with freedom of speech and a strong unified Brazil? Well, uh, in the years that his son had been kind of getting the reins of things, they had amassed a giant collection of guns. Um, oh, no. And so a group of military leaders orchestrated a coup and took over control of the entire nation. Again, no one really wanted this to happen because everyone was really happy with Pedro I and Pedro II. But just like in America, it really only matters what the person with the biggest gun thinks. That's the only opinion that truly ever gets and what, they, and what that person wanted was to hole up in the royal home and enjoy their new riches. So the new regime kind of left the rest of the country to do their own thing without any kind of leadership, direction, or any help at all. And that's a pretty good way to drum up some rebellion. And one of the most famous uprisings was led by a man named Antonio Canciero, or in English, Anthony the Counselor. Um, Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like the worst superhero name ever, where it's just like, I'm here to save the day and let you talk about your feelings and examine where your <laughs> life might be headed. We've got to stop Gavatron from taking over the world. And also, Spider Man, your Uncle Ben, you want to open up about that? Here, let's just have a rap <laughs> session real quick. Batman, I'm here to help you save Gotham, but first, 
Let's talk about your parents. Um, that can't have been easy, losing them at such a young age. How does that make you feel? <laughs> he defeats every supervillain by going, hey, it's not your fault. Hey, Joker, hurt people hurt people. <laughs> Don't do this to me, man. <laughs> and then Joker breaks down crying. Anyway. <laughs> hey, Joker, are you using comedy as a defense mechanism? <laughs> So Anthony the Counselor was a traveling prophet that was quickly amassing a large following because of his pro-divine right-to-rule message. He and his followers believed that the only way a nation could succeed was with a strong monarch leading the way. And those, that monarch was obviously somebody chosen by God himself. So do you have any guesses on who he thought should lead Brazil? Uh, probably himself. That's yeah. right. He believed that King <laughs> Sebastian of Portugal, a 300-year-old dead guy, was going to rise from the dead like Jesus Christ and rule over Brazil. Because he didn't what? think that he should lead Brazil. He believed that a man who was 300 years dead, who was chosen by God, was essentially Jesus Christ of Brazil and would one day resurrect from the dead to come lead everyone in battle. And this version of mormonism is the most interesting well you know what king sebastian always says the kingdom is always greener when somebody <laughs> dead is great you think about ruling over but that is a big mistake just look at brazil around you right here on the country floor such wonderful trees around you what more are you looking for under the trees um <laughs> Yeah, he. I, I. I'm sorry. It was Anthony C. <laughs> Anthony C. King of the. <laughs> yeah, I, I. I'm sorry if I phrase that a little bit weird. He didn't think that he should lead. He thought that he thought that because because our monarchs or because monarchs are chosen to lead by God, then that means that they themselves are some form of a god. And so that gives them godlike powers, which means that one king, which who surprisingly went missing during a war 300 years ago, he was going to return like Jesus Christ and bring peace and balance to both Portugal and Brazil. It is a um, wild-ass idea, almost to the point where it's hard to see why anyone would ever follow him in the first place. And the real reason people did was because he would show up in a town ask that town what their problem was, and then use all of his resources to fix those issues. He's basically like a cowboy cable guy just going around and fixing random shit to make everyone's life just a little bit better. Anthony, the human world is a mess. <laughs> Like, I just, I can't, I know King Sebastian is not a talking crab, but I want him to be so badly. Oh my god, in a t in a time where the government didn't really give a shit about the rest of the country, Anthony the Counselor was helping people in a very real way. He seemed like the only one who actually gave a shit. So no matter how insane he sounded, he became a hero to the people. And the new dictators of Brazil did not like being undermined, especially because they weren't really doing anything that would... Uh, not undermine themselves i don't know if that makes sense they weren't doing anything they, but they also didn't want anyone else to do anything right well this is jim jones did the same you know this is a, a cult leader thing where like 
they do they try to solve the real world problems people are having and it allows people to ignore the bigger red flags because their immediate needs are met and that goes in opposition to a lot of governments you know we know that jim jones was not well liked by government either at a certain point um but in this case it sounds like the dictators are not ingratiating themselves to their people at all and so this just makes them look bad oh yeah this guy's making us look bad it's like when uh when a man is with a woman but it's like not a good relationship and then some other man shows basic human kindness to her and he gets jealous Oh yeah, yeah. That's pre- it's like ah. It's almost like it's almost like it's a couple who broke up, and now he's like, "Wait, but I didn't know you were gonna go find love somewhere else." No, that's yeah. fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. This guy, inhabited with the soul of a crab, is taking <laughs> my spot. What do you see in his pinchers, Monica? <laughs> he's got you in his claws. Don't believe him. <laughs> He has a bachelor's degree in psychology and he cares. He's Anthony the counselor. Do you know what my boyfriend's going to do? He's going to kill himself a crab. That's what he's going to do. Sure, he's a little crabby sometimes, but we talk about his feelings afterwards and that's nice. Jesus fucking Christ. We just need you to come out of your shell. (laughs) Oh my God. So the new dictators of Brazil didn't like being undermined, so they waged a brutal and horrifically bloody war against Anthony the Counselor and his followers. The war ended when the military tracked the prophet to the city of Canudos, and in order to send a message, they didn't just kill him and his followers, they slaughtered the entire town's population and burned it to the fucking ground jesus overkill crab people crab, crab people. people walk like crabs talk like people. people they i mean they really i i hate to say i hate to call it a crab bake but <sighs> it does sound like that's kind of what happened oh my god oh i, I realize that that's wildly offensive and people died and i'm so sorry uh but did they put old bay on it I don't know. Somebody should be asking these questions. (laughs) So (laughs) anyone who survived, as well as followers who weren't in the town when the attack happened, and even some neighboring villages that were destroyed in the battle, they had nowhere left to live. And they took what little supplies they did have and created a sort of shanty town outside of Rio de Janeiro. And this is how the low-income slums called favelas came into existence. So why is all of this shit important? Well, now we have a long-standing history of the government of Brazil really not caring about the poorest and most remote citizens in their country. And at the center of Brazil's history is the idea of taking what you can and then enjoying the spoils of your work somewhere less destroyed. We also have a precedence for the common people to follow a religious figure with some really batshit crazy ideas because they seem to be the only one willing to help out when the going gets tough. And trust me when I say that things are fucking tough in the favelas. So, Flor Jali dos Santos was born on February 5th, 1961 in one of the most violent and deadly favelas outside of Rio de Janeiro. In her city, things were basically run by local drug kingpins. And this is a situation where, like, um, I've done some research into uh, a lot of, like, 
a lot of the culture of kind of Brazil. And somebody somebody wrote that there's this kind of prevalent idea in uh, the favelas of Brazil where like you have to be smart and tricky to get ahead. It's basically capitalism uh, on steroids where like some parents will even teach their kids that you have to you have to trick other kids because if they were smart, then they wouldn't have been tricked. And uh, if they do fall for it, then they don't deserve whatever they have. That is, that's damn. Yeah. It's, it's just completely cutthroat capitalism. It's oh, yeah. like Wall Street for babies. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, the, the cow says, moo. The mark says, yeah, I'll give some investment capital for your idea. Yeah. <laughs> but. Flor Jolie's mom didn't want her to fall in with a bad crowd, so instead she got her daughter super involved with the church. And this is um, this is a thing that that kind of changes the rest of her life. A lot of the other girls in uh, in her favela got pregnant or became addicted to drugs later on, or sometimes were just straight up kidnapped and sold into like some kind of sex slavery. It's a terrible, awful situation. And so she truly believes that the entire reason she turned out to be successful is because instead of doing anything else, she just stayed in church the whole time. She feels like church was the way church was the thing that, uh, that shielded her from all the evil and negativity in the world, which is, um, kind of true in the way that most people in brazil and i would even say most hispanic people would be unwilling to do anything illegal inside of a church because uh if there's one thing people are afraid of it is jesus christ and his uh wrath of god and the fear that he's gonna inhabit you with a lobster spirit and then (laughs) everything's gonna go wrong exactly a christation if you will (laughs) Oh my God! All right, oh, stop the his podcast. His tail is so good with butter. It's over. It's done. That's it. We've been working for how 130 something episodes, and that was what we were working for. <laughs> um, I will say that the church requires that you serve and turf. <laughs> that oh explains why Jesus was able to walk on water. <laughs> Instead of holy water, it's just melted butter. Yeah. That's right. The best That's part is taking great. communion, and you're just like, oh my god, oh my god, guys, the flesh of Jesus is delicious. <laughs> I'm breaking out in hives. I'm allergic to crustaceans. <laughs> I'm allergic to of, crust. Inst- instead of communion wafers, it's just cheddar bay biscuits. <laughs> Fun fact: Christ- communion wafers are not gluten free, so people with a gluten intolerance cannot accept the body of Christ. Oh my god! Can you imagine being allergic to Jesus? <laughs> When they give you your EpiPen, they got to put it in like the sign of a cross and then do it. Yeah, there are people that are legitimately like, I guess I'll just take the blood. (laughs) Fuck me up. I guess I'm just going to vampire this shit. Fuck me up, Jesus. Invite me in. Give me your blood. (laughs) We're all going so far to hell if it's real. I'm fine. I'm fine. Worry about y'all. I got crabs in the kitchen. It's all good. Nah, man. I eat plenty of lobster and crab. You know, I'm 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 good. I'm tight with with uh, Christation. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. When when Flor Jalis was 14 years old, her father and brother died in a uh, a pretty horrific car accident. 
which um, is probably a lot more common since you literally don't want to get stuck in traffic in Brazil. So everyone's just fucking gunning it and driving real dangerous like. That makes sense. Yeah. Plus, it's hard to steal with steer with the claws. Yeah. Jesus grabbed the wheel, and then he tried, but he just went. <laughs> Jesus grabbed the wheel, but he had no opposable thumbs. Yeah. That was a problem. Oh, no. <laughs> so this meant that there was no one left to provide for her family. So Flor Jolie started working in a bakery where she spent all of her time uh, working her fucking ass off. All, like, just trying to, to make enough money so that her and her mom could keep their uh, their living space and she also was able to take home a little bit of bread at the end of every day she's now do you mean money or actual bread <laughs> i mean actual bread but now i'm i'm wishing that like the biography was just like yeah man she took home hella stacks bro she took home so much bread she was out there getting her fucking dough <laughs> getting paper and also pastries <laughs> Yeah, uh, hey, hey, uh, landlord, I know the, the rent's due on the first, um, do you take croissant as a form of payment? Is that, is that acceptable? Honestly, <laughs> legit, I wouldn't accept payment by croissant, but I would accept, like, a croissant tip. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you're doing a great job. Would you like un croissant? Un croissant? So when she wasn't basically working her ass off making croissants, uh, she was inside of the church. She completely devoted herself to Christ, uh, Christation, if you will, and um, became a full-fledged... Ma- oh my God, I just realized that makes baptism so much better because they just dip you in the fucking lobster tank <laughs> that they have at the grocery store. You're like, thank God, I was so thirsty. I'd been out of the water for so long. <laughs> baby smells fishy i think it's gone bad <laughs> unless they're baptizing them baptizing them in boiling water where you you come out changed and bright red <laughs> oh, my favorite jesus is soft shell jesus he's so delicious <laughs> but very seasonal <laughs> oh i'm so sorry uh, i gotta do like 20 um hail marys Hail Mary, full of butter. Whale Marys. Whale Marys. Oh, baby, we are creating a whole universe. If we, we're, this is. Ocean Jesus. This could be the next Veggie Tales, but it's ocean themed. That explains Why wasn't this the plot of Aquaman? (laughs) Hey, did you guys see Get on us, DC Universe. Did you guys see the new episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants? It's real (laughs) Jesus heavy all of a sudden. It's gotten weirdly religious and mr krabs is starting a cult i think (laughs) actually the ways that modern uh, christianity and capitalism have intertwined i could see mr krabs being the new (laughs) jesus so what inspired Mm. you to start your own religion money and then that's the whole (laughs) (laughs) i mean televangelists at us <laughs> holy shit nickelodeon kinda... get at us for this gritty reboot of spongebob SquarePants. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh she she's voiced by what's his name joel osmond <laughs> joel olstein joel olstein joel mr crab's voiced by joel olstein it's just joel olstein in a crab outfit see now i would prefer just normal joel Oldstein, but with mr krabs's voice and you have to believe wait i don't know i can't do a passable mr krabs inf- impression and i also don't know what joel Oldstein says but 
make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Fill it in with your brain. Continue. <laughs> So Florence spent all the rest of her time uh, devoted to the church, where she quickly became the church's lead gospel singer. And her faith was apparently so strong that a few times the minister even let her lead mass. Um, I don't know how common this is in churches. In a Catholic church, never. Yeah. Women, you're not getting near that altar. Sorry, even the nuns get out. Well, I meant more just like even the the getting a feature spot in church seems really <laughs> fucking rare. Like I'd love to go to the church where it's like, and now it's Pastor Dave featuring Lil Wayne. Believe it or not. <laughs> um, I I mean I've seen guest speakers, mm. but it's usually someone that's like that has like a specific life story or is related to some sort of organization that the church is supporting. So like a lot of times now churches, instead of like sending missionaries, will just send money to local organizations wherever the country is. Mm -hmm. And then eventually they'll bring somebody from that organization back to be like, how's it going? Um, Or somebody who has just like a crazy life story. But usually it's not just like a random, like, Hey, bitch, you really hit that high note. Why don't you come here and tell us what's up? That's not usually a thing that happens. Yeah, it's usually just an old fisherman, and he's like, 30 men go into the water. One really big crab comes out. Saves you 42 legs, and with me eyes, I was stirring the stew. And that's why Jesus is a fisher of men. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Plus the fish and the loaves! Plus the fish and the loaves! Was Jesus... Was Hear me out. Was Jesus... Paige is dying! I think I killed Paige. Was Jesus just the general manager of a red lobster? I don't know, (laughs) but somebody should be asking these questions. Tricky, tricky. Looks like the Sea of Galilee is the most delicious seafood restaurant in the Bible. Right? Right? And all of those animals have been swimming in wine. <laughs> That's why they're so delicious. Thanks a lot. It's a white wine reduction, actually, with some... <laughs> so according to her biography, uh, Flor Jalise took a, a, quote, normal teacher training course, end quote, and became a certified educator in 1979 at the age of 18. Um, I don't know what a normal teacher training course is, but it sounds like not a scam ministries run by Armando Torres. <laughs> well, this is something that people brought up in our um, like Sylvester Graham episodes and our Mary Baker Eddy episodes where teaching colleges used to be called normal schools. Oh. And it's just not a term that's commonly used in the u.s at all but all over the rest of the world a lot of times they're still called a normal school that's why clown colleges used to be called abnormal schools and that's where you went (laughs) so it wasn't long before uh she started offering her services as a teacher to her local church she was basically like hey um you know how everything fucking sucks here and uh we're basically waiting for a giant crab to come save us all well how about in the meantime uh you utilize me and pay me some money and i will 
teach children and other people in our community some basic shit and also sometimes maybe i get up on the pulpit and then i give the services and that was kind of their trade-off they were like we get to pay a teacher not very much money and we get to have a school as part of our church and all she wants is in return is to sometimes be able to have the power to uh be a speaker for god essentially and as god's friend judas did say Because Judas was a dolphin, that fucking sneaky bastard. And the Lord did spake unto them, Who liveth in the pineapple under the sea? <laughs> I don't Thou even... beeth absorbent and yellow and have much porosity. Um, yeah, it's Spongebob. This is my favorite part about this new history that we've written is that those fucking uh, crab fishermen reality shows are the most fucking heresy shit that you've ever seen. Oh, those people are missionaries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's the deadliest catch because if they don't catch them, those crabs are going to hell. Do you think fish? And if they do catch them, they're going to restaurants. Do you think that? Do you think that fish uh, baptize their young by sticking them outside of the water? <laughs> Does this track? I just assume. Yes. I mean, when we catch fish, do the fish assume that they're ascending? Yeah. I don't think fish have that much. I mean, if you want a real answer, I don't think fish have that much thought. If you want a realer answer, um. Reel it in. Reel it? Reel it? <laughs> yeah, Paige gets it. If you want a realer answer, I uh, can only assume that fish assume every time that a net goes in the water that that is a rapture happening. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Carousel and Logan's Run. <laughs> I love that movie. I've never seen it. It's a it. documentary about a society that gets rid of their older members by putting a jewel in the palm of their hand. It's really fascinating. Uh, wild expose. You should watch it. Should God damn watch. it. I don't believe you this time. <laughs> I like that you specified this time. This is where things start to get a little bit weird because now she has the power to be a teacher. So she's educating the youth, but she also gets to be like kind of a minister or a preacher or whatever the terminology would be um, more regularly. And so what you have is somebody who believes that the reason they became who they are, a.k.a. not addicted to drugs, um, not currently pregnant or not kidnapped by horrible, evil villains, is because she has God on her side. And so she starts teaching the youth that if they want to avoid uh, any kind of misfortune, their only solution is to fully devote themselves to the church. But a lot of people don't have that option, especially if their parents aren't really involved with the church like her mom was. And so she starts to give some of these children kind of a secondary option. Why don't you start coming and living it with me at my house, she says. Um, That's never turned out badly ever, right? Here's the thing. If we're talking Matilda rules, like... It could be fine, but you can't just collect children like Pokemon. That's the problem. Like, if you, like, see one troubled child and you're like, I have a chance to care for you and make a better life for you, maybe. If you start nabbing them up, like, gotta catch them all, maybe that's not required. I'm I'm just picturing somebody running around throwing balls at orphans. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... 
kind of. Now I'm imagining just the orphans popping out of their rooms, just being like, Joshua, Joshua. (laughs) 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 Kelly, Kelly. (laughs) Kel, Kel. So uh, she she evolves into Karen. That's the worst part. (laughs) Karen used manager complaint. It's super effective. Oh, my God. I love that her evolutionary tract requires a haircut. <laughs> yeah. It's a special evolution it's item. It's the haircut stone. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah. Um, so, Fleur de Lis starts uh, taking in some more of these children. She basically starts letting them sleep over at her house, um, becomes more involved with their life, and starts trying to prove her theory that basically if you just fully devote yourself to Christ or a Christ-like figure known as Sebastian the Crab, you can become saved from all of the horrible crime that exists within Brazil. And um, eventually, as her life goes on, she has a first husband. I Here's what I'm going to say. A lot of the information about the finer points of her life is so hard to find because uh, there's apparently... There, she's just one of those celebrities that's only big in, in Brazil. And so I can't find anything in fucking English. And so everything I did find, I had to translate from Portuguese to English. And it is very difficult to find a lot. In there. Plus, we're still looking for those sea scrolls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's also even harder to find factual information about somebody when all of the online articles are written either by her by her record label or by her fans so it, you know it's it be- skewed yeah it becomes a difficult situation so i don't know you you could say the bullshit is at high tide yes <laughs> exactly but the the point that i want to really drive home is that uh she ends up as the single mom of three biological children um And the reason this is important is because there are two situations and both of them are, they have different ramifications depending on which one is true. Sorry. There are two situations and whichever one is true, they cause problems for what she says later on. So either the first situation is that she was married once and uh, she had three children and then her husband and her got divorced um which means that she has done divorce once before and it's not that big of an issue or two she wasn't married and she got pregnant outside of marriage and had three children um which basically her whole point is that if you don't want to get pregnant you should fully devote yourself to christ like she did but she did that and now she is the single parent of three children and i also want to be clear it's not wrong to be a single mother but it feels wrong when your entire message is how being a single mother is one of the worst things that you can be and that you can avoid it by devoting yourself to christ well yeah also it's the idea that being a single mother is the worst thing that can happen to you and it's your fault yes for not loving god enough if you are yeah. So it's like, well... Well, I mean, also, I will say that there was one woman who uh, loved God so much that he put a single baby inside of her. So, you know, sometimes maybe you can go overboard and get a baby inside of you. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And she gave birth to a crab <laughs> named Jesus Christ. <laughs> say, and she, her name was Mother of Pearl. <laughs> <laughs> no! I have to go. I can't. <laughs> this is... It's gone too. Oh, my God. 
so she has three biological children um and she also has all of these other children living inside of her home and she kind of unofficially officially quote unquote adopts these five new children these five not biological children and they all start living together um and she kind of becomes quickly the talk of the town because anyone around her favela starts to notice that if you need help with something or if you need free child care uh, there is a teacher slash preacher who is offering it out of her home and you can just go over there and get it. It's, it's something that you could very easily get. So she kind of becomes known in at least locally as like um, a Mother Teresa type figure, like somebody who only exists to help better her own community. Which I will say, if you are a woman, sort of on the outside looking to help with children especially people will often not think that it's in any way nefarious because of the expectations of gender that women are just like natural mothers yeah. and they're naturally helpful and etc yeah exactly so and yeah. so this that that exact thing is how she's able to go from a, a, a mother with three biological children and five adopted children within a matter of years to somebody who has a total of 55 adopted children um so basically the story goes if you believe her is that so many of the random children that were living among the favela either as orphans or people whose parents didn't care about them uh, they basically came to her for help and she was like, yeah, get on it, get on in here, get on into my fish tank of a home and, uh, <laughs> join my coral reef. Yeah. I have a little, uh, what are the, the little crab traps and that's what you sleep in now. That's your Shelly, <laughs> get away from the filter. <laughs> <laughs> So she was able to, 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 to kind of amass a small following of children. Um, the story that uh, local parents started saying is that some crazy fucking woman was just walking around town snatching kids up and being like, your parents don't love you enough. You're going to come live with Mama Florjali now and then taking them to her home. So a lot of these locals start accusing her of straight up kidnapping. And she's like, excuse you, it's fishing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like, again, when you look at someone from the outside, if they're helping out like a family or two and they're like, look, I understand you can't care for your child right now. I'm happy to step in for a while while you get your life together. That is a very different situation. When you start having 55 children... When you start basically having two full classrooms of children in your home, at a certain point, it's like, what are you doing with those kids? Yeah. Because it's not good for them. You know, it's just like people who hoard animals. It's like, have two cats, fine. Have 50 cats, there's something wrong with you and these cats. Yeah. And there, there is kind of a, a split... Um a split in the narrative. So you have the narrative that uh, that everyone knows and then you have the truth. And this thing kind of, it becomes consistent through the rest of her story. So what everyone else thought was that there was just this, again, like we said, this Mother Teresa-esque character who's like, I want to help all. 
Um, I am another in a long line of people with kind of wonky religious views, but those religious views come from a place of me wanting to help the favelas. And so you should all believe me no matter what I say. She's, you know, like we covered the Anthony, the counselor, you know, that she's just another one of those people. And so the public sees her very favorably. In fact, uh, a, a lot of celebrities even credit her with creating the next crop of essentially what they thought would be more celebrities. They were like, she is taking people that don't have an opportunity and giving them the ability to lead a life that would be fulfilling. And so the public of Brazil they kind of hail her as a hero. In fact, uh, in order to drum up some money, they made a movie about her life. It's called Flor Jolie, It Takes But One Word to Change. And that movie was released in 2009. And this was not... And that word is crime, baby! <laughs> That's two words. <laughs> I will say, what do, you, what do you guys think the one word would be? Because I think if I had to think of one word that could instantly change... I think it'd be buttholes because whatever the situation is, that word is going to fucking change it. That's really difficult because I do agree. Buttholes changes the scenario every time, but so does crime. Crime does. Um, But but you could be in a a situation where somebody's like, uh, so what do you think is one of the worst issues plaguing our system? And you can be like crime. But if somebody's like, so what do you think is the worst uh, thing plaguing our system? And you're just like, buttholes that changes the whole dynamic no matter what's going on if you answer with the word buttholes it changes everything i i mean here's what i will say if you say buttholes now i've got a follow-up question (laughs) a plus interviews so in 2009 she released they released a movie called flor jelly it takes but one word to change and this was not like a fucking B movie or anything. This was a massive production starring Flor Jolie as herself in the movie. What? Yeah, she plays always a bad herself, idea. Herself and every other actor is some of Brazil's top famous A-list celebrity actors. Caring for these children while she is away. I'm assuming craft uh, services. <laughs> You know who else wrote a movie based on their own life and then decided to star in it themselves? Tommy Wiseau. (laughs) And you know how that turned out? Not good. This is never a good idea. You know who else wrote a movie based on their own life and decided to play themselves? Vanilla Ice. In that one movie he's in where he's just like... (laughs) Go, ninja! Go, ninja! Go! Go, ninja! Go, ninja! Go! It's my... Is it called From Ice Ice Baby to Adulthood? (laughs) No, it's called Cool as Ice. Oh my god. One of the most significant parts of this movie was that it, again, it had all of these A-list celebrities and a real crew of people that helped make it, and none of these people accepted any form of payment for their work. Wow. Yikes. Yes. They refused to get paid and instead demanded that all of the money left over from the, like, all of the money that they wouldn't be getting and all of the money that the movie made would go to Flor Jolie so that her and her children could kind of keep going. Because remember, she has 58 children at this point, 55 that are adopted three that are her own and it just kind of creates a situation where how the fuck are you gonna feed all these children you know yeah yeah that's not i mean wow yeah 
And a lot of the movie focuses on, um, instead of the parts where, you know, it should be focusing on how uh, she took in 55 children. Instead, the, the story focuses a lot early on on how great of a gospel singer she is. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the Whitney Houston of crafts. Yes. <laughs> Oh my God! I just realized letting Jesus into your heart could be called getting crabs in our little I situation. Don't like it. No, Thanks. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. it at all. So, because the movie focused on how great of a gospel singer she was, um, she started releasing some of her own gospel songs after the movie became a huge hit, and those two became instant classics. Almost every single radio station in Brazil started blasting these songs by Flor Jolie. So as far as the public of Brazil is concerned, you just have this fucking goddess-like figure that apparently has the voice of an angel. Um, and she is caring for 55 children while also trying to make her gospel career work. And she made this movie with some of the biggest celebrities in Brazil. So she gets this cosign and she becomes a, a national darling. Everyone absolutely loves her. And they think that she is like kind of a fucking savior. But then there's the real story. Her three biological children and her five adopted children, the first five, are what um, a lot of people following this case kind of refer to as the A-kids or the A-team. Um, and the other kids are referred to as the B-kids or the B-team. And the reason this is important is because the A-kids are the ones that are prominently featured in the movie, in, the, uh, uh, in pictures that they take together, in the news, in the story of their life. These are the children that you see front and center. They may say that she has 55 adopted children, but when they show her children, they really only show the first five. The B children, those other 50 children, were basically forced to live in terrifyingly small cramped little bedrooms and were surviving off of scraps essentially and this is not a situation where like well this is all we have this is all you get remember they just made a block well a, a brazilian blockbuster movie where all of the profits and everyone's pay went to her so that she could take care of these fucking kids and they're being treated like shit i mean like hermit crabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say we kind of briefly covered this in some of our quiverful episodes, but at a certain point you stretch not just the financial resources of a family, but also the emotional. So at a certain point, these children not only are not receiving adequate physical care, but they're definitely not receiving the emotional attachment that you kind of need to feel validated as a person to grow into a decent human being with like a family like these kids should never have been in the situation they should have been adopted out to a loving family or something you know so you also have a lot of these weird situations that start popping up uh between some of the adopted children like um florgelie's biological daughter simon dos santos she entered into a romantic relationship with one of her adopted brothers uh, a boy named Anderson do Carmo. Um, Umbrella Academy rules. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, more more common than you would think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if because they're not they're not blood related, but a lot of times they grow up in the same house and like 
especially if they're teenagers at That's the time. Fair. I yeah. just didn't. I never thought that I would hear the day that Pornhub got something factually accurate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sis, I'm here with this pizza. Is it got extra sausage? Yeah, and crap. <laughs> also, my dick is in it. What's up? <laughs> Armando squeaky clean Torres. I'm just imagining a pizza with a hole in the middle, like a Price is Right wheel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my god! But so th- this is this is a a, a relationship that um, I don't want to be too judgmental, but to me it seems a little bit odd, a little bit weird uh, 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 that somebody would start dating their adopted brother, especially when they were teenagers. So it's not like they, you know, were adults who grew up and then were like, hey, let's reconnect. Go get a drink at a bar. Do you ever think it's weird that our mom made us pray to a crab? You want to have sex? You know, like that kind of <laughs> small talk, chit chat, ketchup. We yeah, get it. Exactly. Instead, it was ketchup, melted butter. <laughs> if you put ketchup on a crab, I will fucking end you. I swear to God, that is an open call to anyone listening to this show right now. Don't you fucking do it. Um, so, yeah, they started dating as teenagers, but there was a a kind of a a huge issue with that. Um, but it might not be the issue that you think. See, no one really had a problem with it except for Flor Jalise herself. She didn't like that her daughter was dating, uh, one of her adopted sons, not because she thought it was creepy, but because she, somebody that was 16 years older than this teenager, um, she was really into her adopted son as well. Gross. 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 Pornhub gets it right again. <laughs> that was Woody Allen. Oh, I'm your stepmom. You're my stepson. Dad's not home. He's on fishing trip, camping trip, <laughs> business trip. I got us a pizza. It's got extra pussy on it. <laughs> oh, my God. So... As the as they all started to get older, um, this is where things get a little bit even stranger. Uh, there were some weird rumors surrounding the three of them. Uh, apparently, uh, Flor Jalees, her daughter Simone, and her adopted son Anderson would um, regularly be seen walking out of hotel rooms wearing nothing but towels or leaving swingers clubs together um and also just straight up having sex with with each other Uh, i don't know if i if i said that part soon enough but they were definitely fucking each other that's really gross that's with her daughter yeah man uh with her daughter and her adopted son it something smells fishy at the very least. <laughs> yeah. But also it's suspicious. <laughs> so one of the things that Florgelis really liked about Anderson was that he was an aspiring preacher. And by all accounts, he was somebody that had command of the pulpit every time he was preaching. He was very uh, well spoken. He had a lot of energy in his, you know, in, in his sermons. He he really seemed to, to put a lot of effort into whenever he was talking. Plus, he used echolocation to talk to the fish in the audience. <laughs> exactly. He was very inclusive. 
Um, and so she really, really liked that, especially as somebody who was trying to break into the preacher circuit herself because uh, she had become a successful movie star and then she had become a successful gospel singer. So now she was trying to, to kind of work her way into getting more of that preacher crowd. So she started basically writing his coattails while he started writing her coattails and both of them started writing each other. Um <laughs> So that they could build something great together. And eventually, they're two, I would say, kind of brands, if that makes sense, uh, sort of merged together. And so did they. Because uh, when he became a man, Florgelis and Anderson, her adopted son, got married. And so Anderson starts taking care of all of the family's finances and also allowing them to kind of grow as a brand and, and as a sort of power couple on the preacher circuit. Because now they're one of the world's most famous or one of the country's most famous gospel singers and a literal Mother Teresa figure and one of the country's top preachers. They are almost unstoppable together. And now things start getting darker um, because everyone starts to find out about the full extent of how the children were were kind of treated because these B kids, as they're known, start growing up and some of them start talking to the press and some of them start talking about the kind of fucked up shit that they had to go through. Apparently, they lived in squalor. They basically ate old pasta with sausages and dry bread every single day. And one of the kids told the media about an in initiation process where you had to where to join the family. You spent days dressed in white and locked in a room eating only rice and vegetables. And then you were forced to use your own blood to write psalms. And that after a wire and then after that, you were purified, quote unquote, by sleeping with Flor Jalees herself. Oh, God. This becomes a situation where everyone starts to notice that this woman might be running a fucking sex cult, including a b with a bunch of children as her followers. Yeah, I would say a pedophile sex cult. Yeah. Yeah, and on top of that, she sounds like a total beast. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Definitely. Um, and as weird as it sounds, all of that is just more context to the scandal itself. Because none of that is the full scandal. See, a little while after that, Florgelis was able to, to use her kind of figure as the Mother Teresa of her favela to win a spot in the high, uh, to win a spot as a high-ranking government official. She was one of the most voted for politicians in Brazil in any election, which means that everyone who was able to vote for her, most of them voted for her because they thought that she was Damn. this kind of like brilliant, awesome goddess lady. Here's the thing about politics. If you have a lot of skeletons, don't go into politics. Because here's the thing. The religious ministry circuit, there aren't people vetting you. There aren't people looking at the skeletons in your closet. They're not necessarily going and looking for dirt on you. Once you go into politics, people are looking for Yes, exactly. So everyone who wanted to vote for her did. And now 
Now she has become one of the most famous people in Brazil. I mean, she is a famous gospel singer, a pop star, an actress, uh, a Mother Teresa figure, one of the uh, half of the, the biggest preacher power couple in the world, maybe. And now she is essentially a congresswoman. Um, and then her husband tried to file for divorce. Her husband, who uh, controlled all of the finances, who would essentially get half of all of their money, decides that he no longer wants to be with her and that he wants out of the whole situation. Well, Flor Delis basically tells him, uh, take your pick of the reasons why that can't happen. Because if we were to get divorced, she says, then you would be forsaking the name of God. Yeah, Catholic Church doesn't love divorce. No, they don't. Which, uh, also remember, there's a possibility that she have, may have been divorced already. May have been divorced once already. Um, the other thing is, is that if he leaves, that's her ticket to the preacher circuit gone. Because remember, that's the biggest part of what she wants. She really wants to get up in front of people and give more sermons. That's like what she's really into. And he is much better at doing that than she is. And that is her ticket kind of leaving. And third, it's just kind of embarrassing, honestly, to have somebody leave you after, you know, you've spent your whole life being like i'm the greatest i'm awesome everything should go my way and so <laughs> the situation kept getting worse and worse and right when it seemed like things were going to kind of take the next legal step in terms of their separation um something shocking happened in july of 2019 anderson was the victim of a robbery that went wrong and he was shot and killed outside of his home. And remember how common the robberies are in the favelas of Brazil. They're so common, in fact, that uh, the, the, the government was like, don't go drive and don't go shop at the fucking mall, dude. But then the police were able to get access to Anderson's phone. And what they found was a entire conspiracy map that Anderson had slowly been figuring out himself that now the police were in on. Apparently, all of the other children, all of the other adopted children were so mad that Anderson was trying to leave the family that most of them had their own plans to try and kill them himself or themselves. A lot of them had apparently tried to poison Anderson, but had been unsuccessful because they didn't coordinate with each other. So there's just a house full of people accidentally drinking each other's poison and everyone's getting sick from poisoning. By the way, no one died from the poison. So you just have a bunch of people who are just taking wicked mad shits and throwing up <laughs> because they just keep accidentally drinking from the wrong glasses. So they kept trying to poison him and eventually that didn't work. Um, and then it kind of became clear what happened. See, the robbery story was something that uh, may have been a little bit fabricated because it turns out that he was actually shot and killed by one of Flor Jalice's adopted sons. And outside of his own home, he was shot 30 times, mostly in the groin area. Oh, God. Yeah. They shot him more than two dozen times in the dick. In the dick. 
That's fucked up. I don't know what kind of robbery you think happened where somebody got shot in the dick 30 times. Well, they're obviously after the family jewels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. My version was going to be, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it was Mr. Steal Yo Girl. <laughs> Mr. Steal Yo Mom. <laughs> oh my god oh family jewels is the best that's so good oh my jesus christ and so now miss florgelise has been found to have had some kind of connection to the murder and everyone is going fucking apeshit but here's the thing no one could arrest her because she has a, a, a invincibility as a member of congress you can't arrest somebody diplomatic immunity yeah exactly what is yeah. that real yeah yes you can't be arrested for a crime if you're a member of congress because then they you wouldn't have the power to lead your people fun fact this is going on in our own country the state of new york has multiple cases open against our current president but they're not able to indict a sitting president but the second he is no longer president they're prepared to bring indictments oh against my yep. god that's so upsetting why why if a congressman commits a crime can they not go to jail the thinking behind it is that occasionally a congressman may need to bend the law for the good of the country. But then the question becomes, where does that line yeah. fall? And who determines that line? And is anyone above the law? Should they be above the law? Or is this a case where they should have to get approval and permission to take those kinds of actions? Well, you know what I always say? Only Sebastian can judge me, so... <laughs> the thing i guess i feel like murder ver like there are different levels of crimes where you'd think that murder would be like hey yeah and so right now we're basically in the middle because i have just caught you guys all up to speed on this case currently the country of brazil is trying to strip her of her role as a congresswoman so that they can fully go in on her and arrest her and prosecute her for these crimes wow Yes, mm -hmm. this is the story of fucking Florgelisto Santos, and holy shit, is it goddamn insane! I I, I hope this is uh, this is something that I can give you guys updates on as it kind of goes on. But this is um this is sort of like weird Nexium territory where it's just like holy yeah. shit, man, what? Yeah, it's kind of like look at this stuff, isn't it neat? <laughs> Wouldn't you think that your story's complete? Wouldn't you think she's the girl, the girl who fucked everyone? <laughs> Look at this whole treasures untold. How many kids can she stuff here? In her home. And Wait. In her home? <laughs> no. How many kids can I'm she sorry. put in her home? <laughs> Looking around here, you think they've got old pasta. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, sorry. My lyrics are not on point today, but you get it. Yeah, holy shit. Oh my god. Do you guys think she did it? Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. This woman is bat shit. Like Oh my god. Yeah. I think they call I it can't guano, imagine but... a version <laughs> I can't imagine a version where she didn't do it. Can you imagine what would have to happen for her to not be guilty? Oh, yeah. 
It would have to literally be a whole second person that's like, I'm her evil twin. Also, I'm part dolphin. I've been stealing these kids and putting them in my blowhole. I was guilty of all of it. Oh, like, yeah. That's the level of insanity that would have to happen for her to not be I guilty. I am glad that we got the Mexican, or I am glad that we got the uh, novella version of Carol Baskins for all of us <laughs> to watch. <laughs> because this is, what the, this is what Joe Exotic thinks that Carol Baskins was up to. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But how many big cats did she rest? I oh my god, you're right. The big cats are just the children. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys are in the Facebook group. If you're not, you should join it. But there's an ongoing list of what songs people think Carol Baskin should do on Dancing with the Stars, and it is oh, great. It's one of my favorite things in the my world. My god. <laughs> oh yeah. So a couple weeks ago, my mom sent me a text, and she, it was like in the middle of the night too. So I, I checked it. <laughs> Because I was like, holy shit, this has got to be important. And my mom was like, oh, my God, you're never going to believe it. I got curious and I started looking on this app to see which celebrities are on it. It's called Cameo. And apparently Carol Baskins is willing to give a personalized shout out for $222 each. First of all, I'm astounded that your mother just discovered Cameo, <laughs> but okay. Secondly, that's not that much money. We definitely need to get her to say something crazy oh, for the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we definitely... Uh, Hey, if you... Okay, here's the thing. Wait, are you ready? Hail, you cool cults and kittens. <laughs> <gasps> that would be great, but I think that we would have a hard time convincing her to say anything about cults. I think Aww. that would be a hard sell for her. Ah, we're paying her $222. People can fucking... People can deny your request to say anything. I think we should trick her into saying something awful. I think that's what we should do. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. If you are a member of our Patreon, because this is 100% how we're going to pay for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's it. If you are a member of our Patreon, I will be opening a post uh, this Monday, today, on our Patreon, where you can go and leave a comment on what you would want us to pay Carol Baskets to say. Oh, my God. And if you're not a member of our Patreon, you should go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to learn more information on that. Um, God, if we if it's good enough, I'll fucking remix it. I'll take whatever she says and I'll remix yes. it. and I'll turn it into a free ringtone for a Patreon subscriber. Oh my yes. God. Or just a song we could download on Spotify and make famous oh on yeah. TikTok. Do it. Hell yeah. This is the, this is the way. This is what I'm going to do. This is my new plan um god oh man thank you for allowing me to spew my brains out sorry it gets a little scattered towards the end there's so little information about the finer details in uh in english that, or stuff that isn't in portuguese and also i want to uh make it clear i watched the Flor Jolie's movie by the way i watched it how was it's it? terrible but also <laughs> it doesn't come in english it only comes in Portuguese. Oh. So I just had to watch a movie that I don't understand in a language that I cannot comprehend and was just like, all right, okay, so now they're, okay, so she's saving, no, she's making out with the kid. So she's kissing this kid. She's kissing this kid. Okay, now she's saving the kid. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And that was, <laughs> it was that for an hour and a half. Oh, hi, Florida Lee. <laughs> Yeah, it's um it, if, if you want to rewrite your own English version of Florida like if you want to watch the film and lip sync it, 
uh, what's it called? Mystery science theater style. 3,000? Yeah, that's yeah. what we should do. That's what we should do. It is one of the worst well, we things I've- we still have to watch Happy Science, too. What? Oh, the Happy Science to shit, too. The- yeah. Holy shit. And, and uh, Pervert Mask. Can't wait for Pervert Mask. Pervert Mask is so good. Um, God, Jesus. Yeah, I am- um, Hey folks, this episode is uh, is brought to you by the the Church of Jesus Crustacean. Um, are you feeling down, <laughs> so down that you're under, under the, the sea? sea. <laughs> the Church of Jesus Crustacean of Batter Fried Saints. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. All right. That's why it's a Friday fish fry. Oh my god. That's why you give up fish wait. That's why you can only eat fish on Lent? Never mind. That's why they have the fishes on the back of their cars. Duh. <laughs> that makes so much sense. We have to start this church, right? This has to be a thing that we do. I mean, if if any of you artists wanna draw Jesus Crust, which is I assume Mr. Crab with a halo, uh <laughs> cannot wait. <laughs> See, I want like a, a like a accurate looking crab that has a halo and then in one hand has a goblet of wine and another hand has bread and it just says, this is my body, crack these legs in remembrance of me. <laughs> but like that's just me and it's horribly sac- oh, sacrilegious man. and uh, my mom's going to be mad. So Someone did recently ask me if I could do a stained glass window of Jesus Christ holding a stegosaurus. Um backing fell out financially but i would love to do it that's such a bummer because i want that window i would love to do that if you want to fund it at me so someday when i get a house yeah uh... (laughs) oh my god in in reality this episode is brought to you by our wonderful amazing patreon donor this episode in particular is brought to you in part by well, I made crab claw sounds too. I don't know if you can hear it over the Zoom. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, this one in particular is brought to you by a crab. It says, "Help me! I can't get out of my tank." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I typed this. Those new iPhones sure are waterproof. <laughs> no, this one is from Amber M from Houston, Texas. And Amber says, "Love you guys a bunch. Thank Jesus." For the dome. Yeah. That's what the if top the dome of the is just bowl. a tank? <laughs> yeah. It's just, just the tank. It's just the tank. Oh, my God. We're all Jesus. We're all fishes of Jesus's fishbowl. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I came here to eat crab and podcast, and I'm all out of crab. <laughs> Wait, what? There's more podcasts? Oh, man. If you want to send me... um. A Red Lobster coupon. Hey, Red Lobster. Honestly, still good. <laughs> hey, Red Lobster. If you wanna, if you, if you wanna send me, I think the best time part about right now is that I could eat Red Lobster and not have to be inside of a Red Lobster, and I think that's the best way to enjoy a Red Lobster. Yeah, it's like you can enjoy the fishy smell in your home, but your hands won't be as sticky afterwards. Oh yeah. Um, I have only been to a Red Lobster once. Um, I believe my husband likes them. I don't know. We've never been. Yeah, so. Red Lobster is a poor person's five star meal. Uh, that's where you go when there's like there was like a big thing. Like the, when I graduated from high school, my dad was like, oh, 
that's either a trip to the Red Lobster or the Sizzler. Jeez. We we do go to Sizzler because there's still a Sizzler, Sizzler in our neighborhood. Mad. But um hey red lobster if you're listening which i know you are and you want to send me uh either a coupon or a box of uh cheddar biscuit mix um get at me uh send it to at mondo does stuff on twitter and instagram and if you're not if you're not red lobster and you want to send me pictures of your red lobster god that sounds weirdly sexual doesn't it if you want to send me pictures of your red lobster um please don't though please don't send anything sexual please just send fish pics uh send those to me on instagram and twitter at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff thanks bye hey guys if you want to send me those jesus crustacean drawings i want them so bad (laughs) i love it i love it so much uh send those to me on all the things at sundress comic or if you follow me on Instagram at Andrea Gazetta, I am going to have a new art book coming out soon. Um, it's a series of paintings that I made last year about basically I only painted or drew things inside of my studio apartment. I did 30 paintings in 30 days. So they're all of me and Armando and our home. And then the pandemic hit. So I kind of discuss what it was like to essentially self-hermit myself and then be forced to hermit myself many months later. So I kind of discuss that. Um, but they're pretty cool paintings. And the book will be available on my website soon. But check for updates on my Instagram, at Andrea Gazette. Um, if you have seen that meme of that crab holding a knife, <laughs> I want some sort of amazing crab logo with a badass saying with that knife crab uh, just for fun. Uh, if you have the ability to sleep for me, please do that. I don't get to sleep that much anymore because I'm on four goddamn podcasts. <laughs> so if you didn't hear enough of my voice yelling about crabs today, uh, then you could also listen to me on Horror Virgin and on Romancing the Pod, which has been super fun. And then also on Black Card Rehab, also super fun. And you can send all that stuff to me at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram. I will co-sign that Romancing the Pod is maybe my new favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it Great. so much. The The episode coming out, it'll be this week on Thursday, is the craziest one it's yet. It's so funny. It, we could not stop talking about it. I cannot wait for that episode to come out. It I'm is so bonkers. excited. That's awesome. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can at Colt Podcast. Or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. You can also send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us live crabs, yeah. you can send those to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, Like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And when Paige says if you want to send us crabs, she definitely doesn't mean the sex kind. Please do not scratch your balls into a box and mail it to us. I cannot stop getting boxes of people who scratch their balls into a box and sent it to my house. We're talking dry ice, butter to go with it, lots of recipes for crab cakes. That's what we want. Yeah, I want you. Oh I want a You're live so crab. Good. I want you to put a live crab in a box. Give it a give it a give it a sack lunch so that it can, give it some it Nyquil some, for the journey. Yeah, give it a give it a fucking give the crab some Ambien, but take away its phone so it can't get on Twitter. I mean, the problem with that sack <laughs> lunch is it might also have crabs. <laughs> That's pretty good. 
And I think for this one, I'm going to say don't drink melted butter. Like it's a condiment. Don't tell me what to do, Paige. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin and I'll do what I want. That's the that's our state soda. How dare you? That's our state bubbly. You get out of here with that blasphemy. That is the blood of my gods. <laughs> and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.